Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Good morning. We're talking about the Messiah this morning, and uh, it's in this series, Fulfilled, and uh, Fulfilled is the, the Old Testament. It talks about Jesus in so many different ways, and we're going to see that over the next few weeks. So as we talk about this idea of Fulfilled, I get to kick the series off with Messiah. And if you were a good Jewish person, one of the things that you would have said along the way is, the Messiah is coming. And it was a way of sharing hope with people. The Messiah is coming. But you know what? Most of the Jewish people missed the Messiah because he wasn't what they were looking for. They didn't think they needed him. A number of years ago, when I was a campus minister, I used to take students to uh, Juarez, Mexico, every spring break, and we built a house. Building houses is hard work, especially down there. At that time, what we would do, we would mix all the concrete by hand. We would saw all the boards by hand. And uh, when I work hard, just so you know, you might not want to be around me, I sweat a lot. And uh, I I mean, if I go out to work in the yard, I come in, and I'm just absolutely soaked. Uh, So... But I got down there to Juarez, Mexico, and I began to work, and you know what? I wasn't sweating, and I didn't think I needed to take time to to, to take a drink of water. I'm a very task-oriented person, and when I get my eyes set on something and getting a house built was was that, you know what? I didn't have time to, to take a drink. The second day, it would have been a Tuesday night, I, I said, I got to go to bed. I'm tired. And next morning, I worked for about an hour, and then the only thing I wanted to do was to stretch out on the concrete that was nice and cool. The next day, we got back into El Paso, got into a hotel, and all I wanted to do was lay in, in a tub of cold water and even had them bring in some ice uh, so, so that it would, it would cool me down. Well, what I was on the edge of is a heat stroke uh, because I hadn't taken care of myself. But you know what? I didn't think I needed it. I didn't think I needed the water. And so, uh, you know, sometimes that's how we are. We don't think that we need something when really we do. And that's the way the Jewish people were. The Messiah is coming but they weren't looking for a Messiah that was going to have an eternal kingdom. They were looking for somebody that was going to start something temporary and that would be done. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the Messiah, all that Jesus did. And what I want to do today is convince you by giving you four reasons why you need the Messiah. And, and, and uh, hopefully you'll catch that. We're going to be in John 120, uh, 135. John 135, take out your Bibles, your devices, your scrolls, whatever you have. Get those and, and follow along. Because uh, what you're going to see here are these four reasons. You're going to see six different names for Jesus Christ. You're going to see uh, a man brought to Jesus Christ in this time. You're going to see how Jesus commanded them and how they work. So John... 135, we're going to jump in and get right to work. This is what it says there. The next day, John, and that's John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When they saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. That's the first name of Jesus. And when they said Lamb of God, what their minds would have automatically thought about is that daily sacrifice for sins and that yearly sacrifice of the Passover when they sacrificed a lamb. So when they said the Lamb of God, those two disciples are thinking, this guy has something to do with the forgiveness of sins. Let's keep on reading. 
When the two disciples heard him say this, okay, they were John's disciples, they followed Jesus. Why did they follow Jesus? Because Jesus had the power to forgive sins, and every one of us has a sin problem. We may not realize it, but every one of us does, and we need the Lamb of God to, to cure that for us. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, second name of Jesus, which means teacher, where are you staying? Why did they want to know where he's staying? They wanted to learn about him. They wanted to go where he was living. And when you go where somebody lives, you learn so much about him. Let's keep on reading. Come, he replied, and you will see. That one word, come, Jesus says, come, follow me. That's what being a Christ follower is all about. He says, come. Come, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying. They spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. They went to where he stayed so that they could learn about him, so they could understand who he was, so that they would understand that, that he was the, 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 the son of God. And, and they're gonna learn that in this. Let's keep on reading. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two. And when he heard what John had said and, and who had followed Jesus, then the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. So Andrew is one of the two, and then what does he do? He goes and tells his brother about Jesus. If you love somebody, you tell them about Jesus. That's pretty simple stuff. If you love somebody, a brother, a sister, a close friend, somebody that you've known forever and you haven't shared Jesus with them, I question whether or not you love them. Because why would you want to see them spend eternity in hell? Just saying. So what did Andrew do? He told him. But let's keep on reading. You'll see what else he did. And he brought him to Jesus. Two things that we've got to do, folks. We've got to tell the world about Jesus, and we've got to bring them to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. He brought him to Jesus. And then Jesus changed him, gave him a whole new identity. Let's keep on reading. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me, follow me, follow me. Those words are life-changing when we do them, when we follow Jesus. Let's continue on. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found one of the, the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. In that, in that cartoon that we saw earlier, if you want to call it that, it is Moses wrote about the law. Uh, the, 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 the one that Moses wrote about in the law, that was to help him. And, and then also about the prophets. Those are all pointing to Jesus. And he says, it's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And, and, and this is so important. Everything in the Old Testament points there and it's fulfilled in purpose of Jesus. So keep on reading. Nazareth, can anything come from there? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see, said Philip. That's it, folks. If we would just simply say to people, come and see. Come and see. That, that makes a world of difference. Let's keep on reading. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Jesus looks into his heart and sees who he is. Keep on reading. 
How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now he's talking about what had just happened in Nathanael's life. Now, can you imagine Nathanael at this point? Nathanael's there and he says, I know you're a man that's a, got a good heart. He wasn't perfect. I don't see any deceit in you. And then what's the next thing he tells him? I saw you under the fig tree. I want you to see Nathanael's response. And this is what Nathanael says next. He says, then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. When we encounter Jesus Christ, we will understand who he is. And so what I want to tell you today, and this is the sermon in a sentence, it's pretty simple. The Messiah is what we are seeking, and we may not even know it. I see so many people in our world chasing after so many things. They're chasing after fame. They're chasing after money. They're chasing after power. And and what they're really looking for is the Messiah, Jesus. And they don't even know it because the only way they will be fulfilled is through Jesus. And so what I'm going to give you right now are four reasons, four reasons why you need the Messiah. The first one is this. The Messiah is the sin-removing Lamb of God. The Messiah is the sin-removing Lamb of God. When they said Lamb of God, their minds would have raced to that daily sacrifice for sins. When when, when they said Lamb of God, they would have thought about the Passover Lamb. When they said Lamb of God, they knew that there was a price to be paid for sin. And so when, when those two disciples peeled off from John and went after Jesus, they were concerned with one thing, is getting their sins forgiven so that they could stand blameless before God. I'm just going to say it this way, is that Jesus took our sins. In fact, Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 2.24. He says there, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. It is through Jesus Christ, folks, that we have been healed. It is because his blood was shed. Just so you know, we all have a sin problem, okay? Every single one of us has fallen short. Now, we may think, well, I'm not that bad. Absolutely, you are, okay? Just like me, okay? (laughs) I I have sinned and I've fallen short of the glory of God. But here's the difference is, I have trusted in Jesus Christ. I have trusted in Jesus Christ. And you know what? He's taken care of my sins, I won't spend eternity in hell. Why? Because Jesus will, has made me whole and I will stand blameless before the throne of God on the day of judgment. I can't think of anything better. And, and, and I tell you, that's why we need the Messiah. That's why we need the Messiah. Because he takes away the sin and allows us to stand before God blameless. I ask you this question right now. If God were to appear here today, would you stand before him blameless, washed in the blood of Jesus? If you can't say that, you need to take care of that today. Second reason that we find in this passage that we really need the Messiah is that the Messiah is bigger than one name. The Messiah is bigger than we can imagine. I want you to see the the six names that that are there for Jesus in this passage. It starts out with the, uh, with the name, the Lamb of God, Rabbi, Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph, son of God, and king of Israel. 
That's, that is six different names in just a few short verses. If you were to read the Apostle Paul, one of the neat things Apostle Paul does is when he starts to talk about Jesus is he goes into this rapid fire succession sometimes with different names of Jesus. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He, he, he lives in unapproachable light. He is, and he just keeps on going that way. Can I tell you what I know? Is that there are 198 names, 198 names or titles for Jesus. That's not including the names and titles that would be also for God. But there's he, he's indescribable. We're not going to describe him. And the, the important thing that I want you to remember here is that he is so big that, that it's beyond our comprehension. We cannot even imagine how wonderful, how great he is. There aren't enough words. We could sing all the praise songs ever been done, and we wouldn't have done a good enough job of praising him. It's that simple. We've been reading a book as a staff, and the last two chapters are in emptiness. Maybe you will resonate with this, but he talks about these people that have very full lives, but they are empty. They have lots of money, they have lots of fame, they have lots of power, but they're still looking for something else. And Kerry Newhoff is the, the writer, and this is what he says, what they're looking for is something that's bigger than themselves. Wow. What he's looking for is something bigger than themselves. Can I tell you, I, I've got that. It's in the Messiah, it's called his body, it's called the church. I get to be a part of something that is huge, a part of something that is changing lives, a part of something that is making a difference for all eternity. So I tell you this, is the reason that we need a Messiah is this, is it gives us something bigger to be a part of, it gives us a purpose for life. And that means that we get a chance to make a difference. It means that we get to, to, to make a, a difference in eternity for people. Growing up, I wanted to be a scientist. And I will tell you, if I'd have been the greatest scientist in the world, I wouldn't have changed eternity for a single person. I see these guys that are incredible athletes. And you know what? Unless they're proclaiming Jesus Christ, they'll never make an eternal difference for anybody. I see incredible teachers and professors, and unless they're proclaiming Jesus, they will not make a difference for anybody. But I will tell you, this is what I know. I will make a difference for Jesus Christ because I'm going to live, I'm going to follow him, and when you do that, you're part of something bigger. Do you have a purpose for your life? Do you have a purpose for your life? Ecclesiastes 3.11 says he set eternity in the human heart. That's what God's done, and that's what we long for. And I simply ask you this question, are you a part of something bigger? Do you have a purpose? When you get up in the morning, do you go to work so you can eat? And did you eat so you can go to work? Are you to go out to proclaim Jesus Christ? That gives you a purpose. And I get excited about that. Let's look at the third reason that we see in this passage. The, the, the third reason is the Messiah changes us when we truly encounter him. There's Peter. And in and, and, and verse 42 here, it, this is what it says. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You'll be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Well, what does Jesus do? He looks at him and he changes his name. And what does Peter do? He, he embraces that change. He, he, that name Peter actually means rock. And he becomes a rock for Jesus. And he begins to stand for Jesus. He begins to live out what Jesus has proclaimed about him. And you know what? When you and I truly encounter Jesus Christ, it will change us and we will have a different purpose in our life. And so Cephas, 
turns into Peter, and Peter turns into a world changer. And how does he become a world changer? By embracing the title of Christ follower. By embracing the title of Christ follower. You see, when you and I will embrace that idea of being a Christian, of being a Christ follower, can I tell you what will happen? We will begin to follow Jesus and we will begin to take steps. Our faith will grow. We will do more and we will take more steps and we will change this world. We all have different titles, don't we? My, my title's pastor. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that's a great title. But you know what? One day I'm going to retire and I won't have that title anymore. And you know what? The real title that matters is Christ follower. And that means that I'm going to be following Jesus Christ, telling people for Christ, no matter what I do. Hey, I got another title, FSU fan. Okay, Florida State University. They beat Miami yesterday. Okay, I should at least get a, a, a hallelujah for that. That was a miracle, okay. But you know what? As an FSU fan, I'm not going to make a world of difference. But as a Christ follower, I'll make an internal difference. I got these other titles, husband, father. I get a little bit choked up about this one. Those titles are important but the work I've done as a Christ follower has changed my children's life and hopefully my grandchildren's life. You see, if we're following Jesus and allowing him to change us, we're gonna make an eternal difference for others. One more reason, one more reason. And this is just a simple reason that I want you to understand. As you get down to the end of this passage, there's this guy, Nathaniel, and Nathaniel, it just shows us the Messiah knows us inside and out. The Messiah knows us inside and out. And I would add one more thing to that and still loves us. Do you realize what happened at the end of this story? Nathaniel comes walking up and Jesus says, here's a man with no deceit. Can you imagine how Nathaniel thought? Now, he wasn't perfect, but what Jesus is saying, here's a man that says what he means and means what he says. You, you can count on his word. And Nathaniel said, well, how do you know me? And then he said, oh, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. Can I tell you what Jesus knows, folks? I want you to hear this. Jesus knows what's in your mind. He knows what's in your heart. He knows a word before it's formed in you. And I'm just gonna tell you, he knows everything that you've ever done. Anybody ashamed of some of those? Okay, he knows everything you're gonna do. I'm sure I'm still gonna do some things I'm gonna be ashamed of. But he loves me. You don't find anything like that in this world that we live in. Nothing quite like that. He knows us from the inside out. And he loves us. I need a Messiah because I need somebody to take care of my sin. I'm just going to tell you, uh, because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I've got a lot of sin. I need a Messiah because I need to be a part of something bigger than myself. I need a Messiah, folks, because I need to be changed, and that's a constant journey of being changed. I need a Messiah because I need somebody that loves me no matter what, and he does. When I was in college, um, we, uh, 
Uh, I, had a, I, I lived in a, an apartment with, there were four of us in the apartment. One of my buddies came home one day and this is what he said to me. He said, we got four tickets to an incredible dinner tonight in downtown. It was at one of the nicer hotels in downtown Atlanta. So, you know, hey, we all got dressed up. And, and it, it was one of his friends who got called home to South Carolina. And he got called home to South Carolina for some emergency. But we got four tickets to an incredible five-course meal with an incredible band that was there. And, and it was the natural gas distributors of the Southeast United States. And uh, so we're at this table with these other people, and they're all older than us. We're all college students, and, and uh, we're trying to look sophisticated, not doing a real good job of it. And, and one of the, the guys says, tell me how you guys are connected to natural gas. I wanted to say my roommates <laughs> supply a lot of natural gas, but I didn't think that was appropriate. Uh, but one of my buddies says, oh, we're social affiliates. Hmm. What was he saying? We're just here for the food. We're just here for the good time. This is what I want you to hear today. It's time we rid the church of social affiliates. Because what we need are people that are serious about the Messiah. Because he's the only one that will take away our sins. He's the only one that will give us a purpose worth living for. He is the only one that will change us and change us incredibly, and he's the only one that will love us no matter what. We've got to rid the church of social affiliates because we've got a big job to do of winning this world for Jesus Christ. Father, mm. Father, I pray that nobody in this room here misses your son, the Messiah. Father, we may not think we're that bad, but every single one of us here have fallen and help us to know that. Holy Spirit, come right now and convict us of sin so that we might turn to you and allow you to take that away. Father, I pray for any person in this room that doesn't have a purpose that's bigger than themselves. Father, every single one of us needs the work of your spirit and of your word to change us. Father, every single one of us needs to know that we're loved no matter what. Speak to us. Speak to us, Father. Help us to hear. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've told you why you need the Messiah, and, and there's going to be a time to respond. We're ready for that. Love to pray with you, and I'd love to baptize you today if you want to, uh, you know, the, 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 whole, the whole idea of, hey, washing away your sins and that old man of sin being taken care of or old woman of sin being taken care of. But there is something else in this story, and I know that some of you all have friends, loved ones, family that don't know Jesus. And can I tell you, one of the most important things you could have heard today is this, is that it's as simple as telling them and bringing them to Jesus. Because without Jesus, there's no future. So we're going to sing. Just allow God to speak to you. Just allow God to talk to you. And if you need prayer, we'll be up front. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.